The Breakdown Politics With Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies Telling you what you need to know regarding politics Breaking it down Politics Welcome to another episode of Politrix. Now, don't mind me if I flub the opening. Usually, Mr. Blue does it, but he is, uh, he'll be popping in and out tonight. And uh, we got Odie in the house. Hello, hey, Odie. Hi. And then hopefully, either Mercedes or Van will jump on later on in the evening. But in the meantime, let's just get into it because there's a lot to talk about today. I had to squeeze extra stuff. Yeah, you were a couple of days late, so even more shit popped off, you know? And one of the biggest things that pop off is the New York elections. Well, primary see elections. How, see, how I said that, see how exactly how I set that up for you? You're welcome. <laughs> Odie's helping me with, with, with my sloppy segue. She's like, you got to get tighter segues, dude. You can't just <laughs> say sloppy segue and then just say stuff. <laughs> There's got to be an order to this. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. But the New yeah. York primaries were yesterday, and I will say this. One election went exactly as I thought it was going to go. And that is the 14th district, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I will say this. I've had some criticisms of her lately, but it's not like one of those things where I'm like, well, screw you, Alexandria. It's basically, uh, you know, her cozying up to Nancy Pelosi, thinking that's the way to go. Now it's not the way to go. The way to go is, uh, you know, doing what she was originally doing, putting the screws to her you know, and hopefully one by one, getting rid of all her cronies. So Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, her main primary opponent is Michelle Caruso Cabrera. She's a former uh, CNBC anchor. And up until a few months ago, she's a living Trump Tower. She wrote books talking about how, uh, you know, is, she, she was a right winger. Let's just, let's just put it like that. Deep right winger. And She's the Wario of AOC, basically. Yeah, yeah. AOC is Mario. She's Wario. <laughs> I call her uh, Bizarro AOC. Yep. Um, for, for those who don't know who Bizarro is, he's a Superman character. When I used to watch uh, Super Friends when I was a kid, they just drew him like, you know, his, you know, he had like that pale white face with the hard lines in it and his, his essence chest was backwards. In, uh, in, the, in the cartoons in the 90s, they drew him like a caveman. And then basically, like, he just says, like, the opposite of everything. So if he says, I love you, that means he's going to punch you in the face because he actually hates you. <laughs> so that was, you know, and that's Bizarro AOC, just that mirror image, that a total opposite image of AOC. And it's like her people in the Chamber of Commerce was literally just like, you know what? We need somebody to take out AOC so it's safe to make money again. We'll just make up our own AOC. And she doesn't need any sort of plan or inspiration or anything. All she needs is three names. So you have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Michelle Caruso Cabrera. And then the last names have a hyphen in it. It's perfect. It's gotta work. There's no way we could lose. And she lost by 50 points. 50 points. AOC got 72% of the vote. Michelle Caruso Cabrera, 19.5. Yikes. So it's a, it was a 50-point drubbing. And I got to say, I, I mean, 
look, it doesn't take a genius to know that was going to happen. <laughs> it does not take a genius to know that AOC was going to curb stomp this girl. If you saw the debates, ah, oh, she was terrible in the debates. Talking about uh, Cabrera, terrible in the debates, you know? And AOC hung her out to dry, you know? I can't say she got slapjacked because, it was, you know, it was all, all her wounds were to the front. <laughs> there was no, there was no, you know, when he had slapjacked, you know, it's usually like they sneak it from behind you, like in those old uh, medieval movies, and they got the, uh, the metal ball bearings wrapped in that leather pouch, and they just come up behind you, to, dunk, right in the back of the neck, and you go down, and they drag you out of the way so the guards don't see you. <laughs> That's when you get slapjacked. No, this was not a slapjacking. This was more like Mike Tyson mm -hmm. doing his world-famous body blow uppercut combo, and she caught it right in the chin. If she thought she was going to, somebody made a, a comment today. They said it wasn't just that the Chamber of Commerce set up Michelle Caruso Cabrera to basically be thrown to the volcano as a sacrifice. It's the fact that she took millions of dollars with her. Like they spent a lot of money to try and push her. And it was just, it was just, it was just money for nothing. It was just, what were they thinking, right? And then there was a race in the... 17th district now this one just caught my eye recently and and i apologize for my shoddy notes taking yesterday i thought i had uh, in the in the 17th district in new york there was a, uh, a a rep who retired so the race was a free-for-all and um it was between uh evelyn farkas david carlucci adam adam Scheffler, uh sch l-e-i-f-e-r i'm pretty sure i butchered this poor person's name s-c-h-l what S-C-H-L-E-I-F-E-R. Yeah, that, that sounds like Schleifer, Schleifer. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It doesn't matter because he lost. And then it was also Mondaire Jones, who won with 44% of the vote. Adam, weird last name dude, had 20%. David Carlucci had 13 and Evelyn had 9%. So it was kind of a free-for-all. There was no incumbent in that, in that race. Now... It's not just that Mondaire Jones is a progressive. He's also now the first openly African-American congressperson. So openly gay, African-American oh. congressperson. I think I said I that. I missed the, yeah, I missed the, yeah. I was like, openly <laughs> African-American, what? <Yeah. laughs> like, he okay. wear, like he used to wear a, a Frankenstein mask and they're like, look, I'm African-American. Look who y'all voted for. <laughs> no, he's, he's the first uh, openly gay African-American congressperson. Okay. And, you know, he is uh, progressive. You know, he's for Medicare for all, for giving student loans, all that, all that good stuff, you know. But the race that I was really staying up for, the race that made me cheer out loud, because I, I conked out, I was going to try to stay up until like 11 o'clock to get the results before I really went to bed. And I was, uh, I was reading the three investigators. That's another matter altogether, okay? Real quick, I've been trying to get back into reading actual books and I couldn't find anything that interested me. And I found out that they still, they don't make the three investigators books anymore. It was books I read when I was a teenager. It's like these little mystery books. They're like a hundred pages each. And I found out there was like 40 of these things. So I was like, I just figured, let me see how many I could read. I'm on the third one so far. And basically, it's a young adult novel series. 
But that's what I was reading when I fell asleep. (laughs) And and I woke up like three o'clock in the morning and I checked the results and I saw that Jamal Bowman has defeated Elliot Engel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you. This is a guy in New York. Yes. What district again? Like what area? He is in uh in New York. He is uh oh god, I had it in my notes from before. The name it, it's but it wasn't in. upstate though. It wasn't quite upstate, but it's okay. still um, like right before it or something. Yeah, yeah. So Elliot Engel had that seat for about. Westchester. I mean, Westchester. Westchester. I re- that really was a Freudian slip. I promise. I really did mean to say Westchester <laughs> that time, but. I'm so used to hearing it as the other way that I fucked around and said it. But yeah, you know what I mean. Okay. <laughs> so um, Jamal Bowman didn't just beat Elliot Engel. He curb stomped him. He had 61% of the vote to Engel's 34. And then the other two people who ran got like 1% each of the vote. 1.5 and 1.1 to be exact. So uh, yeah, he did fantastic. He curb stomped him. It was, it was horrible. Well, horrible for Elliot Engel fantastic for the rest of us because now we have another corporate democrat who is who's done nothing for the people who basically never had a challenger he hasn't had a real challenger in like 10 15 years and basically even chuck schumer was like they were like hey well chuck are you going to endorse uh elliot Engel? chuck was chuck was literally like i'm busy <laughs> I'm just concentrating on these Senate races. But Chuck, isn't he having you endorse him? I'm busy. <laughs> he would not endorse him. Now, just to, just to keep the whole loser narrative going, Hillary Clinton came out of the woods to endorse Elliot Engel. Pelosi endorsed him too. You know, they're old buddies. But I mean, one of my friends called it from last year, like when this whole thing started. He... He called, I mean, I remember on the show, what was it, a couple of weeks ago? I had, I had his chances at 50-50. I thought it was going to be a close race. And it was not a close race. Not at all. He, he moved an mm-hmm. angle. And I'll tell you this, and this part's going to make me a little bit mad. So if I get a little bit excitable, I want you to forgive me. But when I, you know, I, I kind of was crestfallen at Bernie Sanders losing you know, and then getting jerked not once but twice. And the second time, it was so subtle how they did it that it was basically just like, even some people were like, well, I don't think that he got screwed at all. It was just politics. I'm like, really? It was just politics? Get the fuck out of here with that horse shit. So when I said that, you know what? If the presidential candidates are going to be preordained, if they're just going to give us the illusion of choice and then take that choice away... It's like the old thing that I, that I said before, Odie. If I have two Italian ices, right? I don't know why I would buy two. But if I have two Italian ices, one's cherry and one's lemon, I like cherry better, I would just simply give you the lemon one, right? And that'd be oh, fine because you didn't have one. But if I go, hey, Odie, would you like an Italian icy? And I hold them both out, right? And you go to pick cherry, because cherry's awesome, and I go, no, 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 not cherry. I like cherry. Take, take lemon, right? On the one hand, you'd be appreciative because you have an Italian icy. On the other hand, you'd be like, well, if you didn't want to give away the cherry one, why'd you pretend that that was a choice? Right. Just right. give me the lemon one. That's how a lot of us have been feeling lately. If 
the DNC used to just pick their candidate. And then about 30 years ago, they started this whole primary thing. But basically, it's just they're giving people the illusion of choice. Because if there's somebody who they, I mean, they wanted Joe Biden to be the nominee, just like they wanted Hillary to be the nominee. And they thought she was going to run on the polls and then Bernie ran against her. This time they knew there's going to be people running against him. So what they did was they cleared the field for Biden. And basically we're made to believe that, you know, one of my friends conveniently said, well, you know, according to the numbers, Bernie wasn't going to win anyway, but he never posted the numbers. So I suppose you just take his word for it. But mm-hmm. There are people who got angry with me. Pissed one of them even called me a pussy. I'm not making that up to be funny. Because I told them, you know what? Who gives a shit about the presidential elections anymore? We need to start pouring our energy into these local races. You know? Because why are, we, why are we constantly throwing ourselves against the brick wall of the DNC? We need to start getting our little hammers and poking some of those bricks out of the wall. You know? And that's kind of what happened today. Did you block them on Twitter when they did that? No. <laughs> I, just, I just unfollowed them. <laughs> gotcha. like, like, I don't want to hear their horse shit anymore, but we go back a long way, so I'm not going to, you know. I, I, don't, I don't really, I block more people on Facebook than on Twitter. Twitter people block me. Like, I, I get blocked on Twitter all the time. And I, I joked about this on the show. Somebody got mad because we were talking our, you know, our leftist talk, and somebody was like, well, you shouldn't be repeating that because that tweet came out at the time when it's like business hours in Russia. So it's just a Russian hoax. And I just said, how the hell do you know what time it is in Russia? You're like, oh, you're just a, what do you, what do you call me? Uh, you're just a, a bot. And then he blocked me. <laughs> okay. And that's all I said. No curses. I don't even think I said hell in the tweet. I just tweeted back like, how do you know what time it is in Russia? You know? Well, okay. So I, I do block and unfriend people on Facebook, but on Twitter, I'm usually the one getting blocked. But it is tied to these, um, it's very tied to all these protests that are going on, that are still going on, by the way. Don't think that all is just good in the hood. Exactly. There, there are still protests going on. It's just that when they found out, oh, the cops are the ones who are causing all the violence, well, we'll just go on to something else. Yep. So the revolution will not be televised because it doesn't get good ratings because it's not... You know, people throwing, people throwing uh, garbage cans through windows like on uh, Do the Right Thing because it's actually peaceful protests. And what they don't right. also don't want to tell us is that it's actually having an effect because now people are, when you come up like, uh, I don't even want to say like Elliot Engel because Elliot, you know what Elliot Engel's defense was in his little video? Was, who, who's Elliot Engel? Who's this guy? Now, Elliot Engel is a, um, he was the rep that Jamal Bowman beat. He is basically, oh, okay. Okay. and he was a powerful Democrat. Now, here's my thing. I guess because I'm not in New York politics, I never heard of Elliot Engel until he made that flub, right? Just like I'd never heard of Joe Crowley until AOC beat him. Joe Crowley had been in that seat for 20 years. That means that he won 10 elections because, of course, you know, the, uh, the House of Representatives, they serve every two years. So he won 10 elections. Under the radar. You know why? Because people in this district heard of him, but no one else really did. Mm. 
So that's how these people fly under the radar. I had no clue Elliot Engel until a few weeks ago, until he made that flub, who he was, and that, or, or how powerful he was. That's how they do it. They get under the radar. When they get on the radar, then people realize, oh, my God, this guy hasn't done shit in 30 years. And then I get those emails about, hey, you know, you should donate to Jamal Bowman. And then I just do that. So did you look at um, that message I sent you? I tagged you on a post on Facebook um, about, about how it may be psychological warfare with all the firecrackers. I did not get a chance to look through that. It's a very interesting thread. <clears throat> Excuse me. Maybe we'll talk about it on Saturday, but okay. it's a very interesting theory uh, where it's saying, like, the implication is that firecrackers are being dropped in neighborhoods, poor black and brown neighborhoods, being dropped the same way the crack was dropped in the middle of the neighborhoods uh, in the 80s. And the idea is it will tire out the protesters. It'll frustrate the people who live there um, because they'll blame it on the black and brown people. So it'll kind of uh, not dismiss the movement, but, you know, give it less integrity. You know what I mean? Yeah, to turn so people against Yeah, it'll, it's given some very interesting theories on why that's happening because they're like, they are like really strong grade fireworks. Like, not no shit that you're buying at the tents here, you know? And, and I will say this. When I was a kid, my dad used to buy us fireworks. But he would always buy, like, the little whistle rockets. It was all, like, low-grade fireworks. So right. firecrackers, the jumping jacks. And then he would maybe buy, like, a pack of those, like, the big, uh, the big rockets. Not like the ones that they use at the fireworks shows, of course. Yep, I know what you're talking about. And they have different... They were like, when I was growing up, they were like 20 bucks, but you get like a whole bunch of them, different things inside of them. And it was rocket shaped and then it would be a piggy bank when you're finished. Yeah. And then, and then like, you know, dad lit that one. He didn't let us light that one. <laughs> and I remember everybody would be out doing their fireworks. And then at the end of the night, uh, everybody would come up with their hoses and push brooms and clean up the street. And, and then we all go to bed and by like, by like 11 o'clock, everybody was in bed, you know, okay. but, the suburbs, <laughs> you know, True. but he would never buy us like the, you know, like the, uh, I think if I remember correctly, I didn't look it up, but you had M80s, Blockbusters, and then Pineapples. So M80 was uh, about uh, an eighth of a stick of dynamite. Uh, bl uh, blockbusters were a uh, quarter stick, and then uh, they call them pineapples for whatever reason. And that was equivalent to about a half stick of dynamite. And it just makes like a ginormous explosion. They don't, it's not like it, it lights up. It's just a huge explosion. And then every car along within like a two block radius will just go off. You know. But I mean, I could see people because right now for the protesters, their popularity is up there. You know, and if you look at those polls, especially for Black Lives Matter, their popularity has gone up a lot from last year. Because, you know, they had all that negative coverage and people. And then now you had Rudy Giuliani basically saying that Black Lives Matter wants to take your house and give it to other people. That's not something that I made up to be funny. Look it up. 
Yeah, I actually just saw you post about that. Um, I was like, Rudy Giuliani, his brain's just spaghetti. Like he, and you could see Laura Ingram, you could see her face. Like if you watch that video again and look at it, like when he starts saying that, you could, you could literally see Laura Ingram shaking her head, like shaking her head, like, no, like, no, that doesn't happen. <laughs> but he didn't want to be rude to Giuliani. Who, he ha who she has on her show for some reason, even though he hasn't said anything intelligent in 20 years. So it's, it's baffling, you know? Well, it's not baffling about Black Lives Matter rise, but you figure now they're trying to do things to, to turn people against Yeah, discredit the movement. Yeah. And then just, dis yeah, and just discredit the protesters and stuff like that. But the protesters have become very popular. Why? Because they keep showing videos of cops. Do there was a story, I, I posted it uh, the other day, where cops pepper sprayed uh, a dude in a wheelchair and took his prosthetic legs. And then a whole bunch of people brave getting pepper sprayed to get his legs back. You know, and the poor guy's on the ground screaming because he got pepper sprayed. And they're trying to treat him. You see the guy's screaming for a medic. You know, it was terrible. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I mean, the cops are dickholes, you know? And people are starting to see that. And people are starting to, you know, they're starting to understand why these people are out in the streets like that. And then it translates into, hey, if there's a candidate who wants to defund the police, you know, and take away some of their power, and another candidate who's kissing the police's ass, who am I going to vote for? The one who wants to defund the police. Yep. The one who wants to give people free health care. The one who wants to help people get educations without having that millstone around their neck called student loan payments. You know, so it's it's really starting. To, I mean, I know the establishment is starting to get a little scared. You know, they they lost two in the last two years between twenty eighteen and twenty twenty. They lost two of their of their biggest soldiers in Joe Crowley and Elliot Engel, and it's really starting to get to them. You know, so we'll we'll see what happens next. I mean, and then there's one more race it was between amy mcgrath who was in this is this is in kentucky now that name by the way that name sounds very much like a like a i don't know like like a pop singer or a country singer i don't know why but yeah okay so sorry amy mcgrath what about her but um she's running uh you know she had uh, she's in the primary in kentucky as a Democrat, but she's basically one of those Trump-loving Democrats who wants to go up against Mitch McConnell. And then, you say one of those, like it's a common thing. Like, what? It's more common than you think. You know, it, I mean, it's not like mainstream, but it's but it, it's not uncommon that you have these Democrats who in um in red states who feel like if I say I like Trump, then people will vote for me. Mm, and the thing is. That mold doesn't work because, as, as other pundits have said, why would people vote for Republican light when they could just vote Republican? Exactly. You know, I'm like, I'm like do you want skim milk or do you want, like, actual milk <laughs> and not milk backwash? Because I'm lactose intolerant, I'll probably choose the skim milk. Come on, man. You ruined my analogy. <laughs> I know, man, but my stomach, though. We should not. We're the only animal, we're the only mammal, the only being that drinks milk from other things for sustenance. You know what I'm saying? It's, this, 
it's disturbingly disgusting. And and you know, I will say this: I did not know until. Yeah, um, but at the same time, though, like it's not like we see grown goats drinking goat milk. They drink water. No, that's, that's another great point. Cows drink water. Smart and genius. I love it. I love it. Just saying. But um, right, but I I mean oh uh sorry before I lose my train of thought. McGrath is running uh, in Kentucky, and she's up against uh, Charles Booker, who was a uh, who was a state rep out there, running for the you know to go against Mitch McConnell in the Senate. Now I'll talk more about this later, about Kentucky's uh, grimy dealings, but we're not going to get those results until next week. Like New York is the third largest state in the union, and they wrapped up their election in one day, and you figure Kentucky little you know i mean it's not that little of a state but i mean it's not nearly the population of new york and they have they have to wait a week to get their results back but as of this morning i didn't check on it this afternoon before the show but as of this morning it was too close to call so they're gonna have to wait for the rest of those provisional votes and the mail you know all that other stuff to come in to determine the winner but I, i can tell you right now if uh if mcgrath wins She's going to lose. And put it like this. And I'm going to throw the 50-50 thing out there, right? If Charles Booker wins, I think he has a 50-50 chance, you know, a 50-50 chance of beating McConnell. Because McConnell's popularity is is at its lowest, but he's still been there for 30 years. Yeah, I I think the name recognition for for lazy voters, like, while it's important to acknowledge, like, people vote, people are also lazy voters. And they'll just be like, oh, I'll recognize that name and just yeah. go from there. Yeah. But if uh if, if McGrath wins, she has no chance. She's it's it's probably gonna be 60-30 as far as the, the vote totals go, as far as the percentage goes. It's gonna be it's she's gonna get murdered. You know, because she's because she's all about nothing. She's all about, oh, I'm I'm just like McConnell, but I mean she's not saying it like that. But she's basically just like McConnell, but she's a Democrat. No one gives a shit about that at all. Yeah. But I, I will say this. I, I I didn't expect it to be any memes about this about New York's victory today, but I did see one meme that was very funny. They had Donald Trump, and I'll talk about Trump later on, of Trump doing his walk of shame. And he uh, you know, after his his rally fell through and somebody used it as a cover of the book for death of a salesman <laughs> wow and that made Big me, that made me laugh out loud for real but i mean i love memes memes are funny but you can't really speak in memes like you can't just come out with memes and then you know for serious stuff so i had a few days ago one of my one of my Trump loving friends on Facebook posted a meme, right? So this is the meme that he put up. Now I, I will say this: trying to defend Republicans is a losing matter, but he tried. So he said, "13th Amendment, abolish slavery. 100% Republican support, 23% Democrat support." I don't know where he gets these numbers from. Okay, but let's go on. Uh, 14th Amendment gave citizenship to free slaves. Republican support. 94%, Democrat support, 0%. 15th Amendment, right to vote for all. 
100% Republican support, Democrat support, zero. And then I had to look it up, right? The 13th Amendment passed in 1865. The 14th Amendment passed in 1868. The, the 15th Amendment passed in 1870. So he literally had to go back 150 years to find a time when a Republican actually did something good. And that's also Republican in name, not Republican in practice, but okay. Right, exactly. So, and then also he put up a meme about Obamacare. So he said, Obamacare, 0% Republican support, which is true, 86% Democrat support. Now, Obamacare, not perfect. I've had my issues with Obamacare, but it gave insurance to millions of people who didn't have insurance before. Right? So at that time when Obamacare was really uh, going along, we were at our lowest uninsured rate ever, right? But uh, Republicans tried their best to repeal it, and when they couldn't repeal it, they broke it. You know? So it, put it like this. Then they went off on a tangent about Stacey Abrams. They said that Stacey Abrams was a liar. And this is me going back and forth on Facebook, mind you, right? They tried to say Stacey Abrams is a liar because I, you know, I challenged them on the whole voting thing, right? I'm like, yeah, dude, that was, that was 150 years ago. How about now when they're always trying to suppress people voting now, especially minorities? And I mentioned yep. Georgia. And, and they said Stacey Abrams was a liar because she got, now, now won't you pay attention to this part? She got more Democratic votes than any other Democratic candidate in Georgia, right? But I said, what about Brian Kemp, who was a Secretary of State, and he purged thousands of voters off the rolls, most of them were minorities. And the fact that since the Voting Rights Act was struck down by the Republican wing of the Supreme Court, Southern states have been closing down polling places in minority areas for years. They set up voter ID laws and then closed down DMVs. They limited early voting because minorities use it more. Yep. You know, so when I slapjacked them with those facts, they tried to say that the Southern strategy didn't exist. <laughs> and then one of his friends posted a blog and I'm not making this up to be funny. Blackrepublican.blogspot.com. What? Uh, Are you kidding me? And then he used the blog to prove his point. So I countered with PolitiFact when Candace Owens was in Congress and said that the Southern strategy didn't happen. Uh, PolitiFact rated that as false. And then I also posted another article where somebody high up in the Republican Party uh, apologized for the Southern strategy. So who apologizes for a myth? Right, exactly. Exactly. Now, the reason that normally when I have my little rumbles with people on Facebook, it's not really newsworthy. The reason why that, that, caught, that struck a vibe with me is because of Kentucky. Now, I mentioned before that Kentucky's not going to have their results until next week. That's because Kentucky closed down, uh, what was it? A lot of polls. I, know, I, I remember the like the number was like six hundred and ten thousand black people had to go to the same polling place. Yes, that number was fucking mind boggling. 
yeah. like 610,000 registered voters now have to go and they just it just it just so happens that this is the only place where the majority of people are black of residents are black but okay yeah you're sending 600,000 people to the same place they have people to give up, like yeah, that's the thing. Uh, in in the Georgia elections, they had people. One dude, he was a guy. He was in, in he was in tears because he waited six yeah. hours to vote and he couldn't vote and he had to go to work because he didn't have the day off, so he had to go to work. Now I have the luxury, right, <laughs> on my job of being able to take election day off. You know the worst part about me? I take election day off. I have the whole day off. I am still. At that vote, at that polling place at seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> oh, that's supposed to get up early. You're an early riser. I'm an early riser anyway. I still get to the polling place early. You'd be up like that on your day off, so. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I took, uh, I got the Monday, the election day, I got Wednesday and Thursday off. I'm like, because I, I need time to mess around on Facebook when Joe Biden loses. But that's another matter altogether. <laughs> but uh, not, that I, not that I'd be happy. But I tried to warn people, but they closed down. They went from 3,700 polling places in Kentucky to 200, 200 polling places. So they closed 3,500 polling places. Now, they tried to sue to get more polling places, and a, a judge ruled against them. So, based, so hold on. Let me, uh, let me get this pulled up here. I'm hoping the video doesn't play when I pull this article up. So this is from a local website, 89.3 WFPL, right? And they, this is from June 19th. They said the federal judge has ruled that Kentucky's most populous counties will not have more than one polling location during the upcoming primary elections. The decision comes after a lawsuit filed by Rep. Jason Nemes, N-E-M-E-S, in case I pronounced that wrong, a Republican from Louisville, which sought to add more polling locations in, the, in five of the state's most populous counties. Most Kentucky counties, including Jefferson County, will only have one polling location. All voters were allowed to cast ballots by mail ahead of Kentucky's primary elections, which will take place on June 23rd. In a ruling issued Thursday by District Court Judge Charles Simpson, said that there was no evidence that only having one polling location in the affected counties would result in voter suppression. And I will continue. Uh, this is this is his quote. Uh, yeah, comprehensive. So pull that in the white counties to see what happens. Yeah, <laughs> they'd probably show up at the at the the Capitol with guns. But comprehensive plans were put in place, which included making absentee ballots available for all voters, providing early in-person voting options for 15 days leading up to the election day, and establishing a polling place for election day in-person voting. That's uh, Charles Simpson's part of his uh, ruling, right? Here's the thing about that, right? And the first thing I thought was, oh God, this dude must be some sort of uh, Donald Trump, Mitch McConnell plant. No, he's actually been a judge for like 40 years. He's basically, he was, he was nominated by Ronald Reagan to be a judge. So he's been there forever. But they, but they figured, well, since we have all these other ways you could vote, trimming down all these polling, you know, things to just one location. That's, you know, that should be good enough. But you're supposed to make it easier for people to vote, not harder for people to vote. 
Bingo. Mail-in voting is basically used when you can't show up in person. You know? So if you're overseas in the military or if you're just overseas or if you're in college. If you're retired and you spend your half the year in your home country, dad. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you think Donald Trump is bitching and moaning about about mail-in voting? Because now he's like, well, we did our best to suppress all these people. Now they could just mail in a ballot. You know, this is why we need to worry more about local elections. I mean, let Joe Biden and Donald Trump do whatever they want to. Fuck those guys. We need to take back control of our states, our, our local legislatures. That's where we need to do this. Because if we keep these people in power, they're never going to, they're going to make they can do everything in their power to never go away. Remember one thing about, um, what's his name? Uh, Mr. Moneybags, dude. Uh, ran the election. Yeah, I mean, he's just been... Oh, uh, yeah, he's seen his ass since. Yeah, that's why, that's why I couldn't remember his name for a second there. When Michael Bloomberg was uh, mayor of New York, he actually made a rule that would allow him to run for a third term. And then before his third term was up, he had that rule changed back so that no one else could try and run for a third term. And somehow, some way, he got away with it. <laughs> we need to take control of our local legislatures. Let, let Trump and Biden fight it out in the Alzheimer's Bowl or whatever they want to do. Who gives a shit at this point? We got to take back our local elections so stuff like this doesn't happen. And there's one person who I'd love to see go in their local election, and that is Matt Gates. Matt Gates, I think he's out of uh, he's out of Florida. I think right. He's a he's a, a congressman out of Florida. He looks like a like a live action Glenn Quagmire, and he is basically just he's just a pile of shit, man. There's not much more I could say about him. Somebody, uh, I'm trying to remember who it was. It wasn't Elsie Harris. It was someone else. But one time Matt Gates, and, and you know the thing about Matt Gates, I, I made the mistake of looking up Matt Gates by Matt Gates makes a fool of himself. And there was like six different articles about Matt Gates making a fool of himself. So one time he was, uh, he was on the floor of the, of, the, of the house and he made a disparaging remark about, uh, about Hunter Biden and his drug use, right? So one of the congressmen, who was a black dude, he was basically just like, and because you're not allowed to talk bad about other people on the, on the House floor, which is why I could never be uh, a congressman, because I break that rule all the time. And um, he was basically, and, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing what he said. He was like, you know, let's just say that there was someone in this chamber, I'm not going to name names, but let's say... Uh, there was someone in this chamber who had a, uh, who committed a crime. Let's just, I'm going to make up a crime, DUI. And let's say that person had a mugshot that he desperately wanted off the internet, right? Would it be wise for that person to talk about other people's drug use? <laughs> so in other words, he hung him out to dry without saying his name. Because Matt Gates had a DUI and then they act in his mugshot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gotcha. That's how much of a tool Matt Gates is. 
So there was a, uh, a rep named Cedric Richmond, right? And uh, Richmond is out of Louisiana. So Richmond was berating his co-workers over the weak sauce bill they were putting forth to uh, reform the police, right? So he made a comment, talking about Richmond, made a comment about, you know, raising black children. And then Matt Gates stepped in and made a comment about, um, you know, uh, trying to kind of, you know, set the tone, like, you know, uh, that other people raise black children too, even though if they're not black. And Cedric Richmond came back and he was like, look, stop trying to change the subject. So this is the direct quote from Richmond. It's not about the color of your kids. It's about black people in the streets getting killed. And if one of them happens to be your kid, I'm concerned about him too. And clearly I'm more concerned about him than you are. And then Matt Gates went ballistic. He went ballistic. He was like, how dare you, sir? And all that rah rah. He looked like he looked like a jackass out there. So mm -hmm. later on, so later on that day, he tweeted a picture of him and his quote unquote son. Right? Is a, a Cuban boy who he says that he and he was like, I, like we share no blood, but he is my life. A uh, Cuban dude named Nestor, right? So he said, Nestor came to the country six years ago and lives with the congressman in Florida. And that was in the, the picture, right? And my thing is this, this dude in the picture, he looks like he plays baseball for the Mets. He, he looks like he's like 29. And he was like, well, Nestor's 19 and now he's, he's off to university. First of all, who the fuck talks like that? I have Cuban ancestry. I'm not ancestry. I'm not going to let you do that. We, they just tend to age faster. So a five-year-old does it like a 14-year-old. And that's why they come over here and play basketball. And just, um, Pee -wee, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> You mean that's why there's, there's, there's kids in the World Series, Little League World Series with lamb chops? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Just, just Google it for your own entertainment. <laughs> they got these World Series kids with goatees. <laughs> just hitting the ball over the fence one-handed. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, um... I'm taking it that you've never been to Cuba. It's hard, hard life, brother. It's a hard life. Nah. But I, I will say this, right? This is not about Nestor, right? I'm not trying to crack on Nestor. It, it's really about Matt Gates basically just adopting this kid as a prop because in earlier tweets, he, this is the first time he ever referred to Nestor as his adopted son. He's always referred to Nestor as like a student. You know, mm. something like that. He, this is the first time he ever referred to him as his son. And the first thing I'm thinking is he had this dude since he was 12. There's, there's going to be some bad things coming out about this. I mean, Matt Gates is creepy on his own, but add in an adopted son he's had for the last, uh, what, six years? Yeah, there's going to be stories. And it's not going to be, it's not going to be good stories. Not at all. But I, I, I always laugh at Matt Gates and his, his way of, making himself the butt of his own jokes, you know? 
and now I made a assumption about Matt Gates, right? I didn't come out and say he's a child rapist. I just made the assumption without without saying the words, even though I just said the words just now. Hold on, 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 no, 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 he just has that vibe about him. No, there is no, there's nothing out there that Matt Gates did anything appropriate with Nestor. Let me just take that back right now. But if, if we found that out, and the only reason why I'm even mentioning that is because his status just upgraded just to one up Cedric Richmond. So he went from student to son. <laughs> so, uh, but it's not good to make assumptions. That's why I had to retract it. It's like, no, nothing, nothing nefarious happened between Matt Gates and Nestor. But okay. there are some people who don't really have that sort of control, right? Now, I don't have that control when it comes to celebrities. You know, I, I, I would drag a celebrity, and not even celebrities, I don't really give a shit about celebrities like that because I only follow celebrities I actually like, like Ice-T and Chuck D and The Rock and stuff like that. So I don't really follow, you know, and don't get me wrong, if you do something dumb like Alyssa Milano, I'll jump on your page and talk smack, and I'm, I'm going to go back to work, you know? Like, it's not that deep. But there are some people, so, but my thing is, I, oh, I try, it doesn't always work, but I try to punch up, you know? I don't punch lateral, and I don't punch down, not without good reason. So I'll call Candace Owens a bedwench all day, but a Facebook friend or even a friend of a friend I'm going to show a little bit more restraint. Now, if you come at me like that, yeah, that's a different matter. So I want to talk about one of our bandmates, uh, Mr. Van Lowry. And he ran, uh, he's also part of Urban Breakdown Network. And um, he's also on a show called uh, Black Man's Perspective. You should check it out, part of the Urban Breakdown Network. He ran an experiment on Facebook a few days ago. So if you know Van, you know Van is down for the cause right? There's just no, there's no question about that, if you know Van. But Van got on his Facebook page, and all he posted was just the words, Black, oh, no, I'm sorry, All Lives Matter. Yes. That's all he posted, nothing else, no commentary, no memes, just, uh, sorry. You know, I really need to, to, to get my ringtone maker back, so I can make some real ringtones. I still have that goofy ringtone that came with the phone that default default ringtone i not just i just been too lazy to do that like my last phone everybody had their own ringtone you know and then the bill collectors had stopped being greedy from dmx <laughs> but, <laughs> that's, that's actually really smart but yeah <laughs> but um now van didn't tell people it was an experiment i think he, he kind of led us on to it in the uh, in our in our chat yeah but, we had the heads up we had the heads up. But here's the thing. I, I, I want to do a little bit of, of hindsight as, as always 2020 and just going by my, by my rules, right? Let's just say I didn't know who Van was at all. Let's say Van was just a, right. friend, a friend, right? And I saw him post All Lives Matter. And I didn't see him post anything else, right? Would I do what people on his page did and immediately jump down his throat, call him an Uncle Tom, you know, post 
ugly memes about him and stuff like that. No, I would not have done that. I would probably now, if I knew Van, I'd probably think, okay, this has got to be some sort of experiment. Even if he didn't let me on to it. Or he's been hacked. Van, yeah, and if I didn't know Van, I'd want to know more. I'm like, okay, is he? I really definitely click on his page, like, because that's what I do with everybody. Like when they say when I perceive people to say dumb shit. Mm-hmm. I look at their page to see if they look as dumb as I think they are. <laughs> or if they say other ridiculous shit like that. Right. And then I just pop off. Yeah. So eventually he posted a video explaining the whole experiment and basically told uh basically telling the people who, you know, who called him out his name to just to check themselves. Because Van is a gentleman. I am not. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have told them all, y'all can kiss my black ass. Fuck y'all. But that's why I'm not a politician. <laughs> so, because I, I have little to no tolerance for bullshit. Now, this part I may be getting wrong, so I want you to bear with me. He was supposed to have the show done, but Sunday was Father's Day. So they had to postpone the taping of the show because uh, and and Odie back, uh, confirmed or denied his part for me. Uh, the reason why he ran that experiment because he knew someone, uh, someone who was white, who believes in all lives matter. But mm-hmm. they get threats, like real threats, when they put up all lives matter. Yes. You know, like threats where you may need to call the cops. And I will say this, it's not that deep. It's really not. No, it's not. It's like so easy for me to scroll past. When I see somebody, I don't disagree. After I get done lurking and judging you based on your other posts or based (laughs) on your ugly ass kids or whatever, after I get done doing that, I don't comment. I still keep scrolling because it's that simple for me. I don't have to agree with you. I don't have to agree with you. I don't have to like you. Like none of that matters to me. And and that's for me. I wasn't, and that's why like I think uh, Van was trying to get us to like try it out too just to see what kind of responses we got but for me I wasn't even interested in doing that because I'm just like I don't give a fuck what anybody has to say you see what I'm saying so it's like I mean I I get why he did it um but for me I guess I would just hope that my friends would not give a fuck as much as I don't give a fuck I can can understand why he'd want to experiment with it because he was just like look you know this person is getting threats right like real threats over just saying all lives matter. And to me, it just seems like a lack of understanding, you know? So I'm more inclined to scroll past, but if, if I do decide to burn the calories to type out a response, I would basically just let them know why, you know, stop watching whatever dumbass channels you're watching and just realize that Black Lives Matter does not mean that uh, Black Lives Matter than other people. Is it to, to a lot of people in power, Black Lives Matter less. So we basically have to remind people that our lives matter too. You know, that we're not just throwaways, you know, that we are people and we deserve the same respect that other people get, you know, and that all lives matter is an insult to some people because that's their way of saying, you know, to just dismiss the conversation without having it because it makes them uncomfortable. That's their way of just diffusing it, just so you could just walk away and then they'll just be like, you know, they could just go about their lives, not ever having to be challenged, you know? So I probably, I mean, my friends know me all too well and they know that if I post All Lives Matter, they know, they know I'm trying to bait them. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I post too much stuff on my page every day for them to be like, for them to, for them to kind of be like, Oh, Merce all of a sudden believes in all lives matter. They'll, they'll be like, what's that fool up to? <laughs> so, but I, I just thought that was interesting because I was just like, I mean, the hate he was getting on his page and some of the hate he was getting was from people who had like the last, the same last name as him. And I was just like, yeah, that's going to be an awkward Thanksgiving this year. They got to, they got to explain themselves now. Yeah. But someone else who has to kind of, I'll, I'll put it like this. And Odie, you're going to get me for the sloppy segue here. Uh, I know we're, we're coming close to end of time. So let me, let me burn through this a little bit quickly here. Did you watch the, the concession video for Amy Klobuchar? When Amy Klobuchar, when Klobuchar backed out of being a vice president? Mm. Yeah, I, I, I kind of felt bad for her. And then I remembered, no, I don't. See, my friends always get on me because they think that I'm some conspiracy theorist because I said that Amy Klobuchar, like, long story short, one of my friends asked me a simple and fair question. You know, if I don't like these presidents, these vice presidential candidates, who do I think should be vice president? Fair question. Absolutely fair. And I basically just kept res responding with, my opinion does not matter. It doesn't matter what I think. Because, mm -hmm. the, because the future was preordained. It was always going to be about Klobuchar. And like I said before, they just want you to give you the illusion of choice, right? They're going to let the dog and pony show go on for as long as they can. And then they're going to pick Klobuchar, right? Now, on its yeah, face. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Now, at first, I thought about it for a bit, and I was like, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm reaching. But you know what gave me the final clue on that? Jim Clyburn. Because if you remember in the primaries, when they had the South Carolina primary, Jim Clyburn gave Joe Biden a huge boost by giving him his endorsement. And when he asked him the reasons for his endorsement, he said it's because, um, basically, because. Joe Biden was going to pick a woman of color. And then two weeks later, Clyburn was like, well, it doesn't matter if Joe Biden picks a woman of color. And I'm like, yeah, that's because they finally told him the score. And they were like, look, Klobuchar dropped out. Now, keep in mind, this is just a theory that Klobuchar dropped out because she was promised vice president. Because why else would Amy Klobuchar drop out and back somebody who she was beating? She was beating Biden. Okay. Biden was, if he wasn't coming in third place, he was coming in fourth place until uh, Mayor Pete and Klobuchar dropped out. Right. So why would she drop out for somebody who she was beating if she wasn't going to get something in return? When I found out her name was in the running for vice president, I was just like, yeah, uh, it's her. So basically, it doesn't matter who I want because they've already picked who they want. They just want to give people the illusion of, of choice. But then... Something happened, something unexpected uh, and, and absolutely horrible and unfortunate, which was George Floyd being murdered by police. Not just any cops, no, not just your run in the middle street cops. No, it just happened to be by the cops that Amy Klobuchar had every opportunity to uh, prosecute and she didn't prosecute. 
And that stayed with Amy and it stayed with Amy and it stayed with Amy. And they were probably trying to see like, yo, maybe we can uh, get past this, you know, let it die out. Maybe somebody else will like drown some kids in the bathtub and we could talk about that instead. And nope, that didn't happen. There's people out there protesting right now. It's never going away. So finally, Amy Klobuchar had to just admit defeat. It looked like she was going to cry in that concession. Like she was really choking back the tears in that concession. You know? And I don't feel the bit, I don't feel a bit sorry for her. Because people say like what they did is basically just politics. But basically everybody in there was, it was basically just all about, we got to get Bernie. We got to get Bernie. We got to get Bernie. Right? And they got Bernie. But the problem is, is that uh, is like in V for Vendetta, he was like, you can't kill an idea. So if people were all like, oh, well, Bernie's ideas are too radical. Let me ask you a question then. How the fuck is it that every state he lost in, all his ideas were polling at more than 50%? All the things he's backing are polling at more than 50%. Mm-hmm. So it really wasn't about the ideas. It was about him because they knew that if Bernie Sanders got into the highest office in the land, that the party would be over. That he would cut out the lobbyists because then, uh, you know what that also means? That also means he'd have control of the DNC. And Tom Perez would be out on his ass. So they had to get rid of Bernie. And they, but they couldn't be as ham-fisted as they was in 2016. So they had to do it sneaky and underhanded. And it worked until George Floyd got murdered. And it, it screwed them over. So now, even though it doesn't really matter because they're going to do what they want to do, if I had to choose anybody to be vice president, I would pick Barbara Lee. Because Barbara Lee is possibly the only person out there who still has progressive values. Not the only person out there. Like, I'll just say the only person out there who is in the race for vice president. There's plenty of people out there with progressive values. And now we have more, thanks to yesterday's election. But um, for all the people who were considered, it would have to be Barbara Lee. It would definitely be Nina Turner, but we all know they're not going to pick Nina Turner. Yeah, I don't think so either. In their eyes, they may as well pick Nat Turner. <laughs> That's what I was saying. <laughs> like, we're so aligned on that, because I was like... <laughs> Mm-mm. They ain't even fucking with it. Just, yeah. Mm-mm. Nope. Mm-mm. So, it, it, it's actually, it, it's absolutely, it sucks the way things work because it's really not, it's not really a democracy. No. But it, it, not, it, even, not really, it's not. You can just say it's not. But, I mean, I, I hate that it had to, to cost a man his life to expose how this works, but, you know, and, and basically all the people who died in the rallies, all the people who got hurt, one girl got killed in the rallies because they hit her with the pepper spray and the, uh, the tear gas. And she ended up, uh, I think she had a triggered a fatal asthma attack, killed her, you know? I mean, they had a, they had a story that came out of Canada. There was a, like a 60 year old gentleman who, uh, who was murdered by the police he was on the top floor of his apartment. He was barricaded in. They, they literally went through the window to shoot him. They shot him through the window. You know? And they were like, look, defund the police. 
because there is no way if a, if a dude is schizophrenic, there's no way cops should have been in on that call. That should have been a call for a social worker, not for a cop. It's like you're trying to build a house with a gun. That's never going to work. So. Agreed. Agreed. I, I, I will say one thing before we, uh, before we wrap up here. My man, 50 grand, Donald Trump. <laughs> I want you to understand something. Donald Trump's rally, the flop, means nothing. Okay? He, he can still... He, he can still not for the loyalists. Not for the loyalists, it doesn't. No, right. absolutely not. He can still win this election, despite all of his missteps. And it's not because Trump is going to, you know, pull it out at the end. He's not. He's not that smart. It's just that uh, Joe Biden is just a historically weak candidate. He's, he's a worse candidate than Hillary, if you could believe that. Now, if you look at the polls, you're like, well, how is that even possible, Merce, you jackass? You idiot. Look at the polls. He's up by double digits. The question you have to ask yourself is why? Why is he up in the polls? Because Trump, they're basically building on Trump's incompetence. That's not the way to win an election. You don't win an election by relying on other people's incompetence. You have to give them something. I mean, you figure Joe Biden is against Medicare for all. He's against defunding the police. He won't even talk about it. I'm sorry. Why the fuck am I voting for you, Joe? So I could watch my nieces and nephews suffer with student loan debts the rest of their lives as college gets more and more expensive every year for no reason. So a college can have a lazy river. That, let me put it to you like this. I didn't know what a lazy river was. I first heard about a lazy river in a video game. And I thought that was just a video game thing. And I found out one of these, I was watching um, uh, Patriot Act with uh, Asa Minaj, and he talked about colleges. And one of the colleges, even though all the places we go to learn are literally falling apart, like you see the ceilings falling apart and everything, they have a lazy river, and that's what attracts students to pay extra money. Hmm. So, if you're, so if you're studying and you get hit with a piece of ceiling tile, oh, I feel like shit, you know what? I'm just gonna go hang out in the lazy river for a while and relax. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know that was an actual thing. But that college, I'll have to, I'll have to find that clip. They have a lazy river, and 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 the rest of the school is falling apart. So that's what that's what my nieces and nephews have to look forward to, as far as education goes. And then Joe Biden's against all of that, and we're supposed to be like, yeah, Joe. At least he's not Trump. That's like being like, well, I live in Cleveland, but at least it's not Detroit. Like, come on, man, you can't do that. But Trump had a rally in right. Now, I was watching uh, Hill Rising with Crystal Ball, right? And Crystal, was, she said that she was jogging with her 12-year-old daughter. And her 12-year-old daughter was talking about how uh, a whole bunch of her friends got on Donald Trump's website and uh, reserved tickets. for Yeah. The, and Mercedes did that as well. Uh, you know, I our, did that. We, I did that as well, but not that many. Definitely just two. And then it turns out that the K-pop community, K-pop stands for Korean pop. So it, it's its own thing now. So even they were on TikTok inspiring each other to uh, get tickets. Let me tell you something about 
Republicans, right? Everybody tries to play them like they're smart. They're really not smart. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Ben Shapiro, who's supposed to be, they call him the cool kids philosopher, right? He was on, uh, he, he was speaking at a college campus. And this came to mind because I saw an article that said that uh, there's a heat wave in the Arctic. And they recorded uh, the temperatures at 100 degrees in the Arctic, right? And I was like, can we call it global warming now? Can we do that now? Now that it's 100 degrees in the Arctic, can we call it global warming and have you shut the fuck up about it because it snowed in the place where it normally snows? It's 100 degrees in the Arctic, right? So wow. basically, Ben Shapiro told college kids, mind you, that if you, if you live near the coast and the water level permanently goes up five, six, seven feet, don't panic. All you gotta do is just sell your house and then just live someplace where there's no global warming. Look it up. He said that shit to college kids. And one of the pundits, and what made it funnier is that he, had, he was British and so he had that accent and he was yelling this, I'm not gonna yell, but he was like, uh, he said, let me ask you a question, Ben. Who's gonna buy your fucking underwater house? Aquaman? Like, what are you thinking about? No one's gonna buy your house. Right. Water level rises seven feet. You won't even be able to get insurance on it. The state probably wouldn't insure you. So why, and they, they play like these people are smart. There has to be somebody on Trump's team who looked at the numbers and saw, oh my God, there's over a million people trying to reserve tickets for, for this dumbass rally in a place that only holds 20,000 people. And somebody there had to have said, this can't be right. Maybe we should look into this more. Maybe we should look and see who's trying to reserve these tickets. Maybe it's not, maybe it's not a bunch of uh, kids on TikTok, right? <laughs> maybe, it's not, maybe it's not a bunch of 16-year-olds of trying to order these tickets. Maybe we should look into it, right? Nope. 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 Trump was out there. There's going to be a million people there. We're going to have an overflow stadium and all the, you know, oh my God. So uh, this is from. Yeah, we're going to have an overflow stadium and we'll come back and do it again. Yeah. This is from CNN. President Donald Trump couldn't wait. His presidency is nosediving with bad news erupting all around him. His answer was Tulsa, a campaign rally in blood red Oklahoma the state he won by 36 points in 2016. But Tulsa didn't deliver. The event that was supposed to trumpet his return to greatness and the country's return to normalcy instead brought embarrassing scenes of empty bleachers, a dismantled stage, and a familiar speech unsuccessfully trying to reignite public fears. After raising the expectations with claims that a million people had requested tickets for his first campaign rally in more than three months, the vacant seats were the biggest story of the night. It was a bad omen for November, and Trump undoubtedly saw it with his own eyes as he scanned the sea of blue seats, the void of supporters on the top level of the arena that he and his campaign said he would be, that would be bursting beyond capacity. So um, the campaign planned for a second outdoor speech to bring an additional 40,000 people who were unable to find a seat indoors. Instead, the outdoor speech was canceled the stage was dismantled. The campaign absurdly tried to explain by claiming that protesters blocked the entrances, but every reporter there confirmed that that was not true. 
And what did Trump's speech consist of? Trump talked, and they timed it. They timed this on the speech. He talked for 10 minutes about walking down that ramp. 10 minutes explaining that, why he couldn't walk down that ramp really quick. And mm. 10 minutes about that. And my thing is this, he's like 74 years old. That's why he couldn't walk down the ramp real quick. Okay, he didn't want to fall and break his hip. Okay, and that's okay because you're 74. Okay, my dad is almost 80. You know, I wouldn't want him to, to, to run down that ramp. I want him to take his time. I don't want him to. I don't want him to hurt himself. He's almost 80. You know, Trump is is, and then he he drank water and the crowd cheered. He drank it with one hand. He spent time on that too at the rally. And, and I will say this, Trump looked like he almost tore his pec muscles trying to raise that glass with one hand. Because they show videos of Trump, multiple videos of Trump, trying to drink water, and then he has to use his other hand to pick up the, the other hand so he could drink the water, right? And he basically had to show people that he could drink water without, without tearing his pecs, you know? without ripping his muscles up, you know? And, and then he threw the glass away to show that he was like the alpha dog. Donald Trump is the biggest beta male I've ever seen in my life. Beta all the way. He's not even a beta male. He's an omega male. That's like all the way at the end of the Greek alphabet. He's the, he's the, he's the omega male. The, well, last, the last in line. Yes, I had to look that up. I don't know the Greek alphabet. I do know the Greek alphabet. <laughs> 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 I do, and I know some Omegas would be offended by that, actually, yeah. Oh, but, okay, well, well, I, I, I don't mean to disrespect the Omegas, but I call them an Omega man. No, not a, yeah, yeah. And the only reason why I, I would have known that is because Charlton Heston starred in a movie called The Omega Man, which is basically like the groovy 70s version of The Last Man on Earth, which starred Vincent Price, which I heard was a remake of another movie from earlier. So that movie's been remade so many times. It was like the Omega Man. And actually, if you saw uh, I Am Legend, that's basically the Omega Man slash Last Man on Earth. Just modernized. So, But AOC had a tweet about that. And she said, uh, you actually just got rocked by teens on TikTok who flooded the Trump campaign with fake ticket reservations and tricked you into believing a million people wanted your white supremacist open mic. Enough to pack an arena during COVID. Shout out to the Zoomers. Y'all make me so proud. It's basically, there has to be a point in time, has to be a point in time where people have to just look, at, look around and say, damn, I don't want to get COVID. I don't want to get sick. I don't want permanent organ damage or I don't want to die. So maybe I'll just watch it on TV. You know, mm -hmm. I don't have to be there in person. You know, you're going to be around all these mouth breathing knuckle draggers walking around with no mask on shouting being like whoa trump what just blowing germs all over the place and i'm pretty sure a lot of people were just like no no i want to do that and here's the thing about that right that's okay okay because yeah i make mean jokes about I, I'll, I'll throw my memes out there being mean about natural selection, Darwinism, and all the other stuff. But 
even though there's people out there who would want to see me face down in the puddle of my own blood, uh, I don't wish the same one thing. I don't wish the same thing on them. That's just a humanist in me. And sometimes I feel like a sucker for that. You know, just because I don't agree with you doesn't mean I hate you. It doesn't mean I want anything bad to happen to you. doesn't mean I want you to go to, to, to COVID bowl 2020 and die. You know, it's not a good way to die. Having a disease pull the last breath out of your lungs, it's not a good way to go out. I'm pretty sure people could pick their, their way to die, you know, kind of vibing off of Richard Pryor. You know, he's basically, forgive me for being a little bit vulgar here, but if I had a choice between dying of COVID-19 and a choice of dying in a piece of pussy, I'll be on that really long line. <laughs> I'm not going to be on the COVID line. I'd be on the other line. Okay, so I think people just came to their senses and they were just like, yeah, I like you, Trump, but what do they say in, in that song? I hurt for you, but not with you. <laughs> You're on your own. <laughs> oh, Jesus, our country is filled with stupid, stupid people. Um, Odie, what are your final thoughts? Stay away or something. The numbers are continuing to spike. We never got over the first wave. Um, the curve has not been flattened. And if you must go out, just put a fucking mask on. It's not that deep. It's really not. Yeah. I got a doctor's appointment tomorrow, so I got to remember to pack my masks. You know? Yep. Because they will not let you in. Yeah. So... I, I, you know, I don't want to get halfway there and be like, I have to turn back because I don't have my mask. So I'm, I'm trying to pack it tonight. I have, a, I have some disposable ones and then my friend sent me some reusable ones. So okay. I, she bailed me some. So I, I, I got to make sure I, I take those with me, you know. And normally after I go to doctor's office, I go to Briggs and get, and get breakfast. But I'm, I'm probably going to skip that this time around. I don't, I don't feel like being there. Because Briggs is not a big place. It's a very tightly packed place. So even if they are open for, uh, you know, for dining, I don't want to be there. You know what that's called? It's called using your noodle. <laughs> because unfortunately, I am, I am a type 2 diabetic, and I would be more susceptible to uh, adverse effects from COVID than someone who is a lot healthier. So I got to be, I got to play it smart, you know. I would say if Bernie Sanders was having a rally, I wouldn't go, but Bernie Sanders isn't having a rally because he cares about what happens to you. Exactly. Yeah, so he's not going to have a rally in, in a place where COVID was already going up. <laughs> so. Bingo. All right. But if you haven't already, you could check out uh, Politics and you know, the rest of the Urban Breakdown Network on pretty much any... Uh, any place you can get podcasts except for, say it with me, iHeartRadio. <laughs> and Odie, what's going to be next on uh, O's Odyssey? I have an interview on Friday, so you guys will just have to stay tuned to see where we're discussing. Because honestly, I forgot. But I know I have an interview Friday, so that episode will come out next Travel Tuesday. All right. Well, everybody, uh, stay safe. Use your heads. And, uh, We'll catch you all next time. Great. Uh, yeah.